will be the next top prospect to get called up and potentially help your fantasy team? Join us today as we talk about the top prospects to watch out for heading into the fantasy baseball playoffs on today's action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Fantasy Baseball Fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source of fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino. You can find me on Twitter at DomMartinoFB. Here, as always, with my brother, my co-host, my partner in crime, Matthew Ane, and you can find him on Twitter at Matthew underscore Ane. If you're listening on a platform like Apple or Spotify that allows five-star ratings and reviews, we would truly appreciate it if you could do that for us. And if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't already, hit that little bell below. It subscribes to the channel, also gives you a notification every time we drop a new episode. And lastly, but most importantly, subscribe to us on the Subtext website. Through Subtext, it's a one-on-one in-depth personalized experience. Through text messaging, you get alerts right to your phone. As far as prospect call-ups, injury alerts, waiver wire rankings, and much, much more than we can offer in this 30-minute podcast. And guys, you know, we locked on Fantasy Baseball fans. We have a fully loaded episode for you today. As always, let us be your team secret weapon where we talk about must-stash players heading into the Fantasy Baseball playoffs, specifically prospects. And Matt, we got a few different names today, you know, a couple of usual suspects, but, you know, a couple of new guys. And uh, I think we have a Philly up first, Matt. Yeah, we do. It's Mr. Mick Abel. Uh, I actually like this kid. He's the Phillies' number two pitching prospect, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know if the uh, MLB uh, consensus is, agrees with me, but at least in my opinion, he is. I think so. I'll yeah. double check, but I'm pretty sure he's behind Painter. Yeah, for sure. He's six foot five, 190 pounds. So to be honest, he literally is like Tristan McKenzie, uh, with the same, you know, that much soaking wet. So I mean, it is what it is. But I do like the profile. He has really great stuff. Um, you know, he really does handle himself well. ERA hasn't been hot this year, uh, be completely honest, but I still think that, you know, he's still figuring it out first time in double A. Uh, you know, it hasn't been, you know, all good, but it also hasn't been all bad either. You know, 92 innings pitch, 106 strikeouts. You know, he has a 4.66 ERA, but, you know, it takes a little time to get used to up uh, the upgraded uh, batting talent that you're going up against this time and a high whip of one three one seven but again the kid just strikes out so many people that the control isn't fully there hence why he's not up uh thing about mick abel is i think there might be a chance this kid gets a call because the phillies rotation isn't looking so great to me at least in my opinion i watch a lot of phillies these days especially since i just can't watch the yankees anymore it's just kind of sad um but anyway I just I don't like them as a like as terms of a full a full rotation, and I feel like Mick Abel could slide in there to give them like a six man rotation, give some guys some breaks heading into the uh, the playoffs, as long as they could hold it down. So Mick Abel might get a small cup of coffee and maybe the last two weeks, where if he does and the matchups are right, I might be willing to not just add him, but to roll him out there and start. 
So Mick Abel is somebody that if he does get the call, I I probably will add based off of the matchup and somebody that I'm not stashing, but I am keeping an eye out to see if he does get that call. Yeah, Matt, great take on Mick Abel. Um, The rotation's kind of, that's the thing. I think he's probably an injury away. Because the rotation's not bad, but, you know, I mean, it, the five is is solid with Wheeler, Nola, Walker, Lorenzen, and Sanchez, who's kind of come out of nowhere and just been very good for the Phillies so far, you know, in his uh, short stint there. But Abel himself, you know, uh, it reminds me of like kind of like Kyle Harrison where, you know, the talent is there just underperforming in the minor leagues. He's got a good fastball, you know, mid to upper 90s with the fastball. Uh, you know, he throws a slider that, you know, is is plus. The, the, side, the slider's plus. It's not great, but it, it's, you know, something that he's working on and could be better in the long term. But, Matt, great take on Mick Abel there. Somebody you guys need to watch out for, you know, if he gets the call. Definitely somebody I would consider adding. And, you know, in deeper leagues, you know, there's probably not much out there as pitching. And if Mick Abel gets a call, definitely take a look his way in deeper leagues. But let's move on here. Let's talk about Connor Phillips, starting pitcher, Cincinnati Reds. Guy has tremendous, tremendous uh, strikeout upside. But unfortunately, the thing is with him, another guy that's kind of just underperforming right now in the minors. Um, I could see the Reds potentially giving him a call. That's a rotation that's not as strong as the Phillies rotation. You know, but Connor Phillips this year in the minors, 409 ERA, 99 innings, a whopping 148 strikeouts in that time. The whip is high at a 145. You know, these young kids control is usually one of the last things that comes along. I do like Connor Phillips, somebody I was looking at earlier in the year. It's like, oh, let's see if this kid gets a call around the time they called up Abbott and De La Cruz and McLean and the Reds were going crazy. I was like, oh, this is a guy that might, you know, get the nod. But the rotation over there. In the Reds, as I mentioned, it's Hunter Green, Ashcraft, Abbott, Williamson, and kind of after that is kind of just like, oh, well, what are they doing there? But you know what? I honestly think there is a small, slim chance that he gets it. The Reds are, you know, kind of like right on the fence there as far as you're talking about, you know, the wild card. Maybe they bring the kid up to see what he's got. Maybe not. I think there's a higher chance of Phillips getting the call than Abel. But you know what? Uh, really not too much else there on uh, Phillips, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, way I'm looking at it is I don't know if they call Phillips up unless they're out of the playoff race with them being one and a half games behind. I don't know if they're going to want to roll him out there just based off of the fact that I don't know if they'd want to roll in, roll into the playoffs with a rookie and somebody pitching in the Great American Hitter Park where, you know, that where they don't really know what's rolling on going on with him in his first couple shots or right before the playoffs and high leverage situations. So if anything, Connor Phillips, they don't foresee getting the call unless they need it. They have a need at like middle relief. So we'll see what happens. Um, that's just my outlook on Connor Phillips. He's going to be a great talent once he's up, but let's move on. Let's talk about Ben Brown of the Chicago Cubs. I think they're like the next Cincinnati Reds where they're just going to call up like 75,000 prospects. And, because they're, they're loaded, too, at that front. So it's going to be interesting. I love this kid. You know, six foot six, 210, like my prototypical favorite kind of pitcher, right, or just any baseball player, large and weighs over 200 pounds. Um, if he put on another 10 pounds, this kid could be even more dangerous. I, th- I feel the power would just be outrageous. But anyway, let me just stop drooling and talk about him. So he's struggling a bit since the promotion of AAA at a 4.85 ERA. But the K, uh, the K per nine is outrageous, 65 innings pitched to 90 Ks. And the whip is, of course, high to go with it because he strikes everybody out at a 141. Um, when he was in double A, though, he had a monster, monster season with 
uh, 45, a 0.45 ERA. And that was through 20 innings pitch. So like he really was given the business, hence why he got the promotion. Ben Brown is a great pitching prospect. It could just be that it's maybe he's not, um, it's not that he's not adjusting to the talent that's up there. I think it's more of they're probably trying to get him something extra before he gets his call. Ben Brown is somebody I could see that they might want to roll out soon. He could get the call soon just based off of the fact that Cubs are going to want to start getting some guys, some big leagues fields because Ben Brown is imminent in terms of if it's not this year, he might break camp next year or, you know, the two week rule, like everything else. So Ben Brown, 100%, I think, has some upside and somebody I'm going to keep an eye on. If he does, he can be a nice boost to your lineup depending on the matchup. Um, other than that, I got nothing else to say on Ben Brown. Yeah, you know, before I jump in here and give my take on Ben Brown, then we have a prospect who's actually just called up from the Red Sox, another Cubs prospect. And, you know, uh, what what would a prospect episode be without some Baltimore Orioles thrown in there? We just have a quick sponsor for you guys. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting your time of both the buyer and the seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translate comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which lead to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this deep sales, and we've built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. That is linkedin.com slash locked on for a free 60-day trial. Let's get LinkedIn Sales Navigator to help you sell like a superstar today. Once again, just go to linkedin.com slash locked on and get started today with LinkedIn Sales Navigator. And dear everydayers and new listeners, we have an incredible opportunity for you to support the show and enjoy some fantastic perks along the way. Introducing our Diamond Club on the subtext website. By becoming a member, you not only contribute to the show's success, but also gain access to exclusive benefits. Get your hands on waiver wire rankings, call up alerts, injury updates, instant reactions, and enjoy, enjoy direct access to us for all of your burning fantasy baseball questions. Plus, you can try it out completely free for 14 days. Your support means the world to Matt and I, and we can't wait to connect with you on this exciting journey. Join our Diamond Club on the subtext website today, and let's take your fantasy baseball experience to new heights. And guys, this is probably the last week we're going to be talking about this. You know, if you're in the Diamond Club come September 1st, you get that chance to be in the raffle for our spot in our listener league this next upcoming season. And, you know, it's just a great chance to connect with you guys. You know, you're going to see how Matt and I play fantasy baseball, you know, get takes, you know, from the experts. And, you know, we'll all be able to have a good time and chat with each other. You know, plus you get all the perks of just being in subtext, man. You know, it's the time of year when you're making that playoff run. If you got questions, Matt and I will answer all of your questions, give you advice, we have right rankings, call up alerts with all of these guys potentially coming up. Just a place that you're going to want to be heading into the fantasy baseball playoffs. But all right, let's jump back in here. Let me give my quick take on Ben Brown. Uh, Matt, you did a great job. I just want to add, this guy probably has the best stuff 
out of all of the guys we're talking about. As I mentioned, six foot six, two ten. Guy's a giant, very good, strong fastball. He sits between ninety four and ninety six. He gets upwards close to a hundred. You know, when he's really throwing hard, and his breaking stuff is actually great too. He has a nice big power curveball. Uh, you know, the, the the speed difference between that fastball and the curveball is really, really good. When he's up there hitting 98, 99, and he got a power curve that is, you know, sitting 85, that swing and miss is really good, as you've, you know, heard with the, the numbers that Matt was reading off. Those strikeouts are really good. If he ever figures out that control, I mean, the sky's the limit for Ben Brown because the stuff is there. It's just the control. Once he learns how to pitch a little bit better, you know, he'll he'll be a dominant pitcher for the Cubs. Cubs rotation is kind of lock solid at the moment with Steele, Hendricks, Wicks, who they just called up, who they called up over Ben Brown. Javier Assad is the one that's a question mark. He's looked good so far, but, you know, I don't know if that's going to, you know, stick. And Jamison Tyne, who's actually pitched better, uh, you know, in the second half than he did in the first half. So another guy that's probably an injury away or a Javier Assad blow up away from getting the call, Ben Brown. But let's keep things pushing here. Let's talk about Robert Gasser. Now, Robert Gasser is a pitcher who I'm not going to guarantee that he gets the call this year because, you know, um, the Milwaukee Brewers line, um, you know, rotation is also another one that's pretty solid there. But Gasser, another young kid with good stuff, you know, showing decently in the minors. Another guy that, you know, is, is has good stuff, just has kind of really hasn't performed the way I thought he was going to. 385 ERA for Gasser in 119 innings, a whopping 147 strikeouts, and a 129 whip. Now, as I mentioned, you know, the rotation over there in Milwaukee is kind of just, you know, pretty solid, and they have Aaron Ashby coming back too. So I think Ashby will probably get that spot before Gasser does. And once again, you know, that rotation is Burns, Wood, or Freddie Peralta, Wade Miley. And then I think once Ashby comes back, Ashby's going to, you know, kind of lock down that fifth spot. But Robert Gasser, another guy that, you know, is going to – I like the name too. You know, that's a guy that, – that's a baseball name for a pitcher. You know, Gasser, guy throwing out there the gas. And um, not really too much else to say about the kid. Just a name that you're going to want to keep your eye on in case he does get the call and be like, okay, I've heard of this guy before and, uh, you know, I will – Go out there and pick him up if you need be necessary. Yeah, I mean, I love the name, bro. Gasser, bro. Honestly, <laughs> guys, next year we're gonna have drops, and when this kid's name comes up again, I might just do like a Corvette starting starting his end. It's like it's the gas man here. Um, you know, we'll see. But uh, anyway, uh, great take, Dom. I'm not even gonna give anything because there's nothing left to talk about. You gave it the gas, but That's um, amazing. and if he performs bad, we'll say he is a fu- full of gas. But anyway, um, let's talk about Sedane Raffaella. Um, we've talked about him. We literally talked about him the other day. Um, Raffaella is great. I'm not going to go too de- too much in depth. He just got the call. He has one at bat. Looks good. Got the hit. Like, that's it. That's the only information we got. It was a him. nice double, too. It was a nice yeah. double. Yeah. Like, that's all we got, though. That That's the only information we got about him in terms of the bigs. Now, let's talk about what he did in the minors real quick, and then I'm going to just pass it off the top. 448 bat, 44 at bats in 2023 in the minus and trip between double A, triple A, right? 80 runs, 31 doubles, three triples, 20 bombs, 79 ribs, 36 stolen bases. Um, strikes out like a monster, but that new age batting average guy because he hits 302. Okay. I love what Sedane's upside could be. He could have some power. He's definitely going to steal your bases. And his upside could be 30-30 if he really puts it all together. The kid is a is about 5'9", 165. 
puts on 20 pounds in the offseason, even 15, and I can believe where he can get that 30. If he doesn't, he's going to be like a 20 to 25 guy with 30 to 40 stolen bases. So Dane Raffaella is just going to be good. That's going to be my outlook and my probably my bold prediction for next year for Sedane. But I like Sedane overall, but that's really just it. Like Sedane Raffaella is a speculative ad at this point. Uh, see where it takes you over the next over the weekend. And if he is performing and you're unfortunate enough, have to play next week, Sedane could be valuable. Yeah, I love Rafael. As Matt mentioned, the upside is very, very high with this kid. It's just that the Red Sox really don't have a spot for him to play between Verdugo, Duvall, and Yoshida. Like, where is this kid, you know, playing? And uh, the DH spot is, you know, roughed up by Justin Turner, who's been dealing with some injuries, and he's also almost 39 years old. So it's just that there's really not a spot for Justin Turner to, I mean, not for Sedane Raffaella to play when the DH is clogged up, all the outfield spots are taken up. And then plus they have Lillier Abreu, who they called up, who's on paternity leave. He's going to be out for a few days. But once he comes back, you know, him and Raffaella are going to be fighting for, you know, getting that, you know, whether it's a pinch hit or whether it's, you know, giving one of the outfielders a day off or giving Justin Turner a day off. So Raffaella's playing time is going to be sporadic at best. And he hasn't played the first two games, you know, of, you know, after his call up, he did get that, as I mentioned, the pinch hit um, on his first game, wasn't in the lineup today, as you know, we're recording. And I do love the upside, but it's just the kid's really not going to have the opportunity to play too much, which is sad because he, the upside is amazing. But let's keep things pushing here. Let's talk about PCA, Pete Crow Armstrong, if you're not familiar. And man, this kid is just one of the best prospects in all of baseball. You know, one of those, uh, you know, big baseball boys, I could get a lot done for you. I don't know if he's necessarily going to get the call. You know, I mean, he's not hes not huge. He's not big as some of the other baseball boys we talk about. But, you know, 5'11", 185 isn't really nothing to slouch at. I know we like the, the big six-foot-five guys. But, you know what, for somebody his size, he does pack a big punch. 95 games in the minors for PCA this year, 88 runs. He's had 24 doubles, six triples, 18 homers, 72 RBIs, 33 steals, 282 batting average. He's done nothing but hit at every stop in the minors uh, this year. I mean, slowed down a little bit in AAA with a 258 batting average, but, you know, he's still got five doubles, triple, four homers, six steals. So, you know, everything else is looking good there. As far as him, you know, getting the call, I just want to run through, you know, the, the Cubs you know, uh, line up there and see if they really do have the room for him. Uh, I mean, you know, they could potentially make some room there. You know, I mean, Candelario is, you know, DH in most of the time. They got Hap, they got Suzuki, and they got Touchman out there. Touchman was heating up for a little bit, but you know what? He's not as hot as he was. So maybe that's where they want to put PCA in, you know, with the Cubs, you know, making that playoff run. If they want to bring up a, you know, nice young hot bat to get in there. I like PCA, a lot of upside, five category potential, to be honest with you. So we'll see where things go. But I honestly, I can't guarantee he's going to get the call. But if he does that, he's probably one guy that I would say is like a must pick up. And he currently is. I know he's super high on MLB's top 100 prospect list. Uh, I just want to. 12th he's the 12th prospect in all of baseball so that you know that's that's speaking very highly of the kid yeah no i i love pca pca is going to be great if he does get the call we shall see but uh great take dom and before we move on and talk about a bunch of people we've already talked about um and you know of course a whole bunch of uh, baltimore Orioles players we have a small break for you and then we'll be back all right and we are back 
Um, all right, let's do this thing. So let's talk about Hessen Kierstad for the um, 16th week in a row. Um, you know, there is room for this kid to get on. They're, they're, Baltimore's playing great, but of course, let's just add another, you know, great prospect in there. Um, you know, I, I could see him taking Hayes' spot, but we'll see what the defense is like. And I could see him taking, uh, we're actually just pretty much him. You know, it just, it really is with Kierstad. I like Kierstad a lot. If you don't know who he is, I'm going to remind you, and then we're going to move on really quickly. Um, six foot three, 205 pounds. Plays outfield and first. Um, this year, he's having a good year. 426 at-bats, 80 runs, 28 doubles, 7 triples, 19 bombs, 49 ribs, 5 five stolen bases, batting 305, and a new age strike, uh, new age batting average guy because 87 to 34 walks. So, Kierstad is somebody that we really do like on this podcast. If he does get the call, he will be nice. But I'm not sure if they give him the call, but just keep an eye out because if he does, the upside could be there. But at this point, you know, we're going to this there. Our next couple of weeks strategy heading into the playoffs is going to be essentially right in the hot hand. So this could be this could be getting to the punch early if he does get the call and he does catch fire right off the bat. So we're going to be going over whether he's going to be or not. And we'll see what happens with Kirsten. And this is going to be an ever evolving thing. So. Keep an eye out, but this next guy is kind of more of my favorite, and I'll let Dom talk about him. Uh, real quick, just just to give my two cents on Kirstad, I'll keep it short and sweet. He could he see, he could take O'Hearn's spot too, Ryan O'Hearn playing first base, or they could put they could put Mountcastle at first, which is Mountcastle's natural position, and, and Kirstad could DH. Guys hit over three hundred every you know stop in the minors through his whole minor league career. Definitely somebody you want to keep out for uh, an eye out for Kirstad is the twenty fifth prospect in all of baseball. But let's keep things pushing here, and of course, why wouldn't we just talk about another you know uh, Baltimore Oriole, and it's the giant uh, Kobe Mayo. Six foot five, two thirty. Another guy that potentially could play a little first base here. You know that the the Orioles have so many young, great prospects, and we talk about them every single week on our prospect show. We kind of try to rotate them in and out. But, you know, Kobe May, 116 games this year, 415 at-bats, 65 runs, 40 doubles, a whopping 40 doubles, three triples, 23 homers, 79 RBIs, four steals, and a 284 batting average, really, you know, stepping up his stats from last year. And once again, uh, it's not a guarantee that anybody else on the Baltimore Orioles gets the call up, but these are two of the bigger names to look out for, you know, going forward here. And I really don't have too much else to say about Kobe Mayo, another high-end prospect, and uh, just love what Baltimore's doing there with their minor league system. Great take on the Jolly Jolly Orange Giant over here. Um, I love him. Mayo, if he does get the call, is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, my comp, comp for upside could be Aaron Judge with the size and the giantness. Um, now, We'll see what that what he can actually do when he gets there, but we shall see. I do like uh, Kobe Mayo a lot. Let's move on. Let's talk about Mr. Colt Keith of the Detroit Tigers. Six foot two, 211 pounds. Somebody we've talked about a whole bunch. If he does get the call, could be interesting. He's having a great year in triple and double A this year. Triple A is having about 172 at-bats, 32 runs. Thir- uh, 13 doubles, a triple, nine bombs, 37 ribs. No stolen, one stolen base, batting 285, but the walkout to strikeout ratio, walk to strikeout ratio is actually really good, 22 to 37. Uh, in the double A, it wasn't as hot with 25 to 63, but he batted 325. He had 
14 bombs, 50 ribs there, um, 18 doubles, and, I mean, 246 at-bats. He's looking great on the total year numbers. Um, Cole Keith can have a great season and be electric if he does get the call. Um, Detroit, another one that could be the second Baltimore Orioles to the Chicago Cubs of the Reds. So we shall see what these two teams do next year. I'm not sure if Cole Keith gets the call, but somebody to keep an eye out for. And um, he's going to be somebody we're going to be talking about a lot next year. Matt, I'll say this. Out of everybody we're talking about today, I think this guy is next up. I think he's the next one to get the call. Matt Veerling is currently the third baseman for, you know, the Tigers. And he's been mediocre at best, you know. 378 bats, 41 runs, seven bombs, 30 RBIs, five steals, 259. So he's not blowing anybody away. They called up Parker Meadows. What was it last week? Uh, honestly, you get him in that lineup with Green, with Torkelson, with Carpenter, with Meadows, you know, and, and you're at that, as Matt said, that young lineup is really starting to blossom there. Colt Keith, just monstrous season. Uh, you know, he's been very, very good throughout his whole minor league career, 21 years old. Get this kid up. Get Colt Keith up into that lineup like ASAP. But let's move on to our last guy. And this is honestly, I think he's the highest ranked prospect that we're talking about. We haven't talked about him as much as we probably should have. And that's Junior Caminaro of the Tampa Bay Rays. But Tampa always likes to slow play their young prospects. They are, you know, very, very well known for that. So I don't know if we see him this year. And this guy's got to put on a little more weight, if you ask me. 6'1", 157. So he, he's lanky. He's uh, he's real, real skinny boy. Get this kid up to, you know, get him on a nice little protein diet, get him in the gym, and get him up to like 180, and he's going to be a force to be reckoning with. Very, very good minor league track record here for Junior Caminaro, but this year specifically, 101 games for the, and he's 19, so I don't know if they're going to force their hand with him, but you know, once again, 101 games for Caminaro this year in the minors, 397 at-bats, 71 runs, 17 doubles, 5 triples, 24 homers, 81 RBIs, 5 steals, 328 batting average. And uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know that Tampa Bay, they, they can make the room for him in the lineup if they truly wanted to, you know, they're another team that's going to make, you know, the potential world series run. So, you know, they, they do have a couple of weak spots in the lineup, you know, Luke Rayleigh's over there, DH and, you know, they got, you know, Jose Sears got a great glove. So, you know, I mean, um, I, I can see why they're keeping him out there at center field. And uh, they called up, what's his name? Most Levis. Uh, I forget how to say this guy's last name. But uh, the shortstop year there, and I, I don't know if they're going to do it, but Caminaro is definitely a big, big name that you want to watch out for. I believe he is the number six prospect in all of baseball. So a big name. Going to want to keep an eye out for him. If he does get the call, probably a must-add. Yeah, for sure. I just I don't see it happening. They yeah, um, it's tough. tough. Tampa Bay uh, puts contracts over. They put what they really should do. Um, they're not like the rest of the uh, – MLB where you know they just get their best players up when need be so they'll probably just play with all his options if he's going to get a call it's going to be next year I and Dom you say I would uh him putting on more weight would be he did with that with that power (laughs) gosh he could be like a 75 home run hitter because 24 75 home runs I mean I'm being he's he's gonna bring Barry Bonds' home run record man I'm just being hyperbolic. I'm going to be honest. I know. I, I know. I'm just messing around with you. I knew what you meant. I mean, the kid is like 160 pounds soaking wet. So, like, with 24 bombs and all those triples and doubles, can you imagine with him at, like, 200 pounds where he probably should be in a man body? Yeah. Bro, he could be he, he legitimately, like, I mean, 
I'll start. I'll make a ridiculous bet of like him getting 75 home runs one year because it's just what the hell It's just ridiculous. But uh, anyway, I'm going to stop rambling. Um, If he does get added, obviously add this kid, but don't even bother uh, stashing because I doubt it happens. But with that being said, um, Dom, take it away. Yeah, guys, that's all for us today. Please be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. Also, shout out to our everydayers and new listeners for making Locked On Fantasy Baseball your first listen each and every day. And we'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Tomorrow, Matt, we're doing um, waivers, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'll be back with some waiver wire, guys, for you. But until then, see you. Peace.